الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين desires of the human being and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as part of human nature he's placed this within the human being it's we've seen this through our own experience and we've seen this in our interaction with other people as well in addition to this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed human beings in an environment in this universe in a place in which they are able to fulfill those desires Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed human beings including us as believers, he placed us in an environment where we are able to fulfill those desires if we so choose to. That's the paradigm that we live in. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed desires within human beings, and on top of that, he took those human beings and he placed them in this environment. Where we are able to fulfill our desires however we so, choose, however we so please. And it's difficult. It's difficult. But that's the situation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed us in, and He placed us in there as a test. It would be one thing if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed desires within us, but then placed us in a place where we couldn't fulfill those desires, and then things would be much easier. It would be another thing if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would, would, uh, uh, wouldn't fill our hearts with desires, but would place us in a place where we, that, was, that, that desires are all around us that we would be able to fulfill, but we'd have no interest, we'd have, we, we wouldn't seek out those things, and then that wouldn't be much of a challenge either, and life would have been much easier for us. But Allah gave us, and He placed within our heart desires, and then He placed us in a place where we are able to fulfill desires, and that's the challenge, that's the paradigm that we're, that we're in. And so one would think that if this is the situation, the circumstance that we're in, this would be what we would call a, uh, some sort of, a, like a prison, right? Where, where you are, we are placed in such a situation, in such a difficult situation, that you are, you are presented, uh, you, you are placed in the society, you're filled with desires, the opportunity fulfill, to fulfill your desires are everywhere you look, everywhere you walk, everywhere you, you, know, you interact. There's this opportunity, there's this, there's a situation, there's a circumstance by which you are able to fulfill your desires. That's the paradigm Allah Ta'ala created us in. You'd think this must be a prison. How could it be that we have all of these desires and that we aren't able to fulfill any of them while we're here? And in fact, the word the Prophet uses to describe this world, or in, in particular this dunya, is, a, is, is prison. In a profound statement of the Prophet it's narrated in the book of Imam Muslim and Imam Tirmidhi. The Prophet says so eloquently, dunya mu'min." That the dunya, this world, meaning this, the, the, both time and place, the situation that we live in right in this world, dunya mu'min." That it is a prison for the believer. It is a prison for the believer. Wa jannatul kafir. It is a paradise, like a garden for the disbeliever. The Prophet wasallam says prison, he doesn't literally mean a physical prison with bars and guards and wardens and, you know, that are, that are you know, watching over you. But rather it's a prison that, that, that we've been placed in, or that in a, in a way we've, we've taken upon ourselves. When a believer decides to uh, worship Allah, Allah grants a tawfiq for a believer to worship him, then the, the, the mandates of the sharia then fall upon that person. And now that person isn't able to do what they want. They have this desire to look at something that's haram. 
but they aren't supposed to look at it. They have the desire to consume something that is unlawful, and then they, but they aren't supposed to eat it. They have this desire to glow, go places uh, you know, that they want to go to, but, but that becomes unlawful for them. All these mandates are now placed upon them. It's as if the believer is like in a prison. They aren't able to do what they want to do. And for the disbeliever, one that doesn't believe in Allah and doesn't believe in the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ, جَنَّةُ الْكَافِرِ Jannah here doesn't necessarily refer to the Jannah of the hereafter. Right? That Jannah is Al-Jannah. It's a particular place. It can only occur in the hereafter. It's a place that, inshallah, all the believers will end up in. But the Prophet ﷺ is using Jannah loosely in the sense that it's like a garden. It's like a paradise. It's like a Jannah in this world for those that don't believe in Allah. How is it a Jannah for them? It's because there's no, they, they're able to do whatever they want. If you, were, if you were to listen to the words, the, the way Jannah is described in the hadith in the Qur'an, it's a place where people can do whatever they want. They think of something and they're able to uh, benefit from it. If they want to eat something, they're able to eat it. They think of, of, of going somewhere, they're able to go there. They want to have a fancy home, they can have a fancy house. They want to have a fancy car, they can have a fancy car. Whatever desire they have, however you know, crazy it may be, they're able to fulfill that desire in Jannah. There's no restriction, there's no limitation placed upon the people of Jannah. And in this world as well, for those that don't believe in Allah and don't believe in the Messenger wasallam, this world is like a Jannah for them. They go wherever they want to go. It could be, you know, to us the most you know, distasteful place, but then they'll take pleasure from there. They'll fulfill their desires, they'll fulfill their pleasures without any regard for anything else. Because the mandates of the Creator and the mandates of the Beloved of the Creator have not fallen upon them. And so they fulfill their desires, however they want to fulfill them. This is like a jannah for them. But the reality of the matter is, the question, or the, the question really is, uh, isn't about if we are able to fulfill our desires. Rather, the question is when a person, when a human being will be able to fulfill their desires. So like I had said in the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed desires within a human being. And then on top of that, He placed us in this world for the 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years that we're supposed to live. And He placed us in this world that we're able, where we're able to fulfill our desires however we choose, if we, if we would like to. <clears throat> but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, just wait. Just wait. All human beings have desires. And they want to fulfill those desires. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't telling us, listen, you're never going to fulfill these desires. He's telling the human being, just wait a few minutes. Wait a few, you know, wait a few years. And time goes by so quickly. And ultimately, in the hereafter, we'll be able to benefit. And we'll be able to live in a jannah that is permanent. That isn't going to be 30 or 40 or 50 years. That isn't going to contain the worries of this world. The difficulties of this world. Even though one may be engaged in the pleasures of this world. There's difficulty and there's worry. There's anxiety. There's depression associated with fulfilling your pleasures of this world. There is there's a challenges of society. Challenges of parents. Challenges of siblings, children, etc. But in Jannah, there's no such thing as anxiety. There's no such thing as depression. There's no such thing as fulfilling a pleasure and feeling guilty, feeling guilty about it. Prophet Allah tells us that just, just wait a few minutes. Just wait a few minutes. This may be the prison for you, where you aren't able to do what you want to do. But just wait a few minutes, wait a few years, and you will be able to fulfill whatever desire you want to fulfill. And on the other hand, 
For those people that choose to fulfill their desires in this world, that attach their hearts to the dunya, and they attach their hearts to, 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 uh, to things of this dunya, and they engage in all the pleasures of this world and have no regard for what the Creator had actually ordained and mandated upon them, have no regard for, for what the Prophet had instructed them to do, and they decide to just fulfill whatever thought comes into their mind, whatever you know, pleasure they have, they just decide to go ahead and, and, and fulfill it and partake in, in all of these things, they do it. And they get their uh, reward in this life. But in the hereafter, it won't be the case. In the hereafter, the, uh, uh, it'll no longer be a jannah or a garden for them. It'll actually be a prison for them. And not the prison that the believer has in this world, right? It's completely shifted now. The prison of the hereafter is far worse than the prison of this world. We may be living in a prison such that we have to control our eyes, control our tongues, control our limbs, control our thoughts, right? In this world. But the prison of the hereafter, that'll actually be a prison. And the worst prison even imaginable. And it isn't that it just ends. For the believer, this prison is 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and then eventually will pass away, and then it'll just be Jannah upon Jannah for us. Right? The rewards of Jannah are just waiting for us. That's what, that's what the reality of the matter is. And it'll be for eternity, for as long as you can even think. Right? If you were to imagine the longest time period possible, and then it would be even longer than that. That would be the Jannah that Allah Ta'ala has promised and it's waiting for you and I. And for the disbeliever, the prison will be just as long as our Jannah. SubhanAllah. That's how long their prison will be. And it'll be a difficult prison. You think prison, if we think prison is difficult here today for us in this world, right? I mean, the way we live. Or even the, the actual prisons of this world. The prison of the hereafter is far worse. And that is what is waiting for those that don't believe in Allah and decide to fulfill all of their pleasures. So that's one way by which the Prophet ﷺ, by which the Muhaddithin have described or have, have commented on this statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Kafir. <clears throat> now there are some people who, for whom this hadith applies um, uh, at a different level. There are some people who, for, for whom this hadith applies at a different level. If you were to ask a prisoner, what is the most difficult thing about being imprisoned? Right? What is it that they, what, what desire do they have uh, what what is that desire that they would that they absolutely feel like they have to fulfill? What is that one thing that they would they wish they had the ability to do? And they will tell you that it would it would be the ability to see their family members or see their loved ones in particular. That that is the that is the the most difficult part for a person to be in prison. That they have this desire to see their daughter, for instance, right? That they, their daughter that has growing up and, and they're not even able to see them. They have this desire to to see them. They have the desire to see their spouse, have a desire to see their, see their parents, for instance. That's the one desire that they have that above all other things. You take away their car, take away what they, their choices of foods, take away their ability to you know, uh, uh, leave like a physical space. But give them that ability to interact as freely as they want with their, fam with their loved one, and then they're content. It's no longer a prison for them. It's, it's far better than that. There are people in this world whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, uh, has, has brought very close to him. And for them, this hadith applies differently. This hadith is a prison for them in that they aren't able to see their beloved. They aren't able to see their loved one. And who is their loved one? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People of piety, people of taqwa, this world is a prison for them. 
They feel imprisoned for these 40 and 50 and 60 years. Not because they aren't able to look at what they want to look at, or taste what they want to taste, or eat what they want to eat, or go where they want to go, or fulfill whatever other desire they have, but solely for the purpose that they aren't able to visualize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they cannot wait to get out of this prison, because that's what they're actually waiting for. The ability to interact with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at a completely different level. That's the reality of... Uh, that, that, that's the meaning of this hadith as well. That there are people who love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much, they feel imprisoned in this world because they aren't able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They aren't able to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They aren't able to interact with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They, aren't, they can't wait to get out of this world because they desire to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was the way of the people of piety. If you look at the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the opportunity for... Uh, uh, when the time of death had come to the Prophet ﷺ, the angel of death had asked, or the, uh, the angel had asked the Prophet ﷺ that would you like to stay in this world longer or would you like to return to Allah? Would you like to stay in this world longer or would you like to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the Prophet ﷺ chose to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He longed to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in, uh, uh, in this respect. Right? And the people of piety, they live this world and they live this world and the desires of this world don't even, don't even concern them. They just, they just long for that opportunity to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Although they don't wish death upon themselves, they look forward to that opportunity when Allah takes their life away because now it's just Jannah for them. They get to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So much so, it comes in hadith, uh, the Prophet says that in, um, or it comes in narration that on the Day of Judgment or after the reckoning has been completed, and the people of <laughs> Jahannam will be placed in Jahannam. And the people of Jannah, of paradise, will be placed in paradise. Now for eternity. And they'll partake of the pleasures of Jannah. They'll do whatever they want to do. They'll, have, you know, they'll be able to fulfill their wildest imaginations in Jannah. Whatever they can think of is, is there. All the pleasures have now been fulfilled. And so then it'll be asked of the people of Jannah, Is there anything else that you desire? Is there anything else that you desire? And they'll be thinking, how could there be anything else? We lived in that world, and we weren't able to fulfill any of our desires. We were imprisoned, and now you've brought us and placed us into this Jannah. And whatever we, we've thought of, we've been able to, had to have. Whatever we wanted to taste, whatever we wanted to see, whatever we wanted to experience, whatever emotions we wanted to have within us, we've already experienced all those. What more? Is there, is there anything that we could even possibly want? What do you mean? And so it'll be at that time that as clear as the full moon is at night that we've seen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will receive, reveal themselves to the people of Jannah. And they'll say there, there is no pleasure that they had ever experienced in, in the past. Be it in Jannah, be it in this world, etc. It'll be nothing for them. That pleasure of seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will outdo everything else. It'll outdo everything else. So we have to become people that love and yearn for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to become people that put aside our desires and imprison ourselves in this world so that we are able to experience Jannah in the hereafter. And we should become people that long for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It shouldn't just be that we're always worried and worried and worried and worried, but rather we should begin to love Allah to the point where we desire that when we pass away that we get to experience Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a completely different way. You know, we should look for that opportunity, we, we should long for that opportunity. We should, be prepared. we should first prepare ourselves, and when the time of death comes for us and our soul is taken away, and then we've moved on, we should be thankful. Now, now is my opportunity to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should be thankful, we, we, should, be, uh, we should long for that sort of opportunity.
So this is the reality of the statement of the Prophet when he says, "Adunya kafir." May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala make us from amongst people that that uh, that make us from among people that imprison ourselves in this world, so that we may be able to, be able to attain the pleasures of the hereafter. And may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala protect us from 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 uh, fulfilling all of our desires in this world such that we aren't able to attain the pleasures of the hereafter. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to become people that truly love Him and long to see Him in the hereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow our eyes to, uh, allow our eyes and our bodies to be able to perceive Him in the hereafter. Wa akhirat da'wana. Alhamdulillah.